welcome to the Nerd Party. Space, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. Well, another week of no new Who to talk about, of course. Yes, so. yeah, it does make for very quiet evenings in our house. <laughs> uh, we're still uh, slowly going through the fourth Doctor. We just finished... Oh, Lordy, can you remember the name of the story that we just watched? Oh, I know. Um, the Brain of Morbius is what we just okay. watched. All right. And I, I just think, remembered the sisterhood. Yes, yes. Um, snap. And um, <laughs> I believe, don't quote me, that we have one more story left in this series. Okay. Um, Seeds of Doom, don't quote me. Um, and then I think that will be in our, our second series of, with the Fourth Doctor. So, of course, once we're done, we'll report on what we thought of the Fourth Doctor's second outing. And... Um, everything that's gone on so but now we have to think of what tangential doctor who topic we're going to talk about um but we're not going to do another movie or another tv show instead we're going to bring just not for this one yeah yeah but we're instead we're going to bring in our person and that's going to be our friend of the show richard richard welcome back thank you thank you for having me it's always lovely to speak to you guys sure so uh better known perhaps as clever dick films um richard i know it's been a, a second since your latest release but how has yeah. sort of the response been to the uh the the, the large and hard-working i know 10th doctor <laughs> uh video that you did well it's good it's been very well it's been it's it's been appreciated quite a lot it seems um it it's brought i think quite a few uh um younger eyes to my channel i suppose mm. um as i thought it might do you know people are obviously going to search for david tennant and doctor who more it's going to gain a bit more traction in in that sense um and uh yeah i've yeah i had a bit of an influx of, of subscribers as i tend to experience when i do one of these big big videos um so yeah it's it's gone down quite well generally speaking i try to be as usual i try to maintain a kind of a uh, I mean, it is a review, so there's a certain amount of my opinion in there, but it's also a retrospective, and I've tried to try and be balanced with things um, because it's. I, w- I wouldn't say I, I love I love all of Doctor Who, and I love that era as well. However, I don't. I wouldn't say I love it as much as some of the other eras. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to sort of point that out in the in the uh, in the review. Uh, as fairly as possible to try and take into account different uh, viewpoints and also try and encompass i think i think getting to this point uh a lot of the arguments for want of a better word or the the different uh, viewpoints are perhaps a little bit fresher and a little bit more still kind of vociferously argued so i try to <laughs> encompass some of those things and and encourage a a, a broader perspective um and uh, that seems to have been appreciated quite well. It's difficult sometimes, uh, you know, seeing it just myself, being able to kind of critically evaluate how this is going to come across. I did um, uh, watch it with my wife before I published it just to make sure <laughs> that... Because um, that's kind of the era that she really got into Doctor Who as well. So, um, and for a, a female perspective as well, I wanted to see if I'd been fair... Uh, certainly with some of the comments I made about how there was a an influx of, of female fans appreciating the show, not just female, but, but notably female fans um, appreciating the show in perhaps a different way than it had been before. I, I, I was worried that I might uh, be, I don't know, a little bit dismissive or something like that or not really... Uh, take into account but she liked it so i went ahead <laughs> <laughs> yes yes always important to, important to have that sounding board i for one am, am very look looking forward to uh, your class retrospective video which i'm sure will be coming so uh, <laughs> you know. I, I must stay, admit I've, I've never seen class oh well <laughs> I, well I, I, you know i don't know what to say um because we listen to the you know it's it's like any doctor who thing we're gonna say like well in big finish you know cures all right um <laughs> but i think not that big finish i mean they I, we like the big finish class there hasn't been a lot but yeah, i think they did two yeah. volumes mm. but it was good but I, I think we sort of looked like eh, we could have done another season or another series you know like uh yeah. there's problems but 
at least in American, maybe that's the difference. Of course, you know, we always have, you're allowed to have one your first season. You're working things out. You know, okay, let's see what the second one does, and then we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. And so for this one, it's sort of like they got the first series. And we're like, well, we see the issues. We see the possibilities. We see the potential. There's no yeah, more. Yeah, like, and, oh. inter- and I thought the characters were interesting, and the actors were interesting. And so, to me, it would have been worth another. And, of course, from the teacher say. perspective of, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> the high school-based. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know. I, I that's what it was. I mean, I, it wasn't that I wasn't interested in it at all i think it just kind of um i must admit when it comes to watching television certainly when it goes out i'm i'm pretty bad at doing that um i miss so many programs and uh, the only thing i really make sure to watch on the night that it goes out is is doctor who unless there's a mm. a particular drama that i'm interested in i tend to catch up with shows more on on streaming these days or or just miss them entirely because i haven't got time or think i haven't got time for it mm. um and it is something i sort of meant to catch up with but then it was the sort of accessibility i suppose really and ease of doing it because mm. um, i'm one of those people that I, I like to what I can't really give up on something, but it takes me forever to get through some series of things. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of, uh, I've got like a stack of things that I'm halfway through, and I'm just sort of trying to. And there's more and more. I, I almost, I kind of uh, miss the days where there'd be like one or two shows a year that were like really good that you had to catch on DVD or something. Now there's just so many like really high quality yes. programs. <clears throat> on all the streaming platforms and everything that it's, it's really hard to just keep keep up with things and be committed to it you know yes um, absolutely if i did i wouldn't have time to to do any videos or anything <laughs> so i'd just be watching those things all the time uh, well we wanted to talk to you i just wanted to talk I, to you Go yes ahead. but i, I was huh? just thinking that this discussion is a lovely segue okay um talking about richard what you watch on television on a regular basis and things like that i thought it was a lovely segue to uh richard's branching out from behind the camera to watching yourself on television yeah so yes you uh not to speak for you but you were a recent contestant (laughs) if that's the right word on a uh, british show with a uh, doctor who alum so, uh, which has already aired, so no, it's, it's spoiler free here. Or if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to spoil it. Um, but yeah. can you, can you, so tell us about your appearance on The Chase. Well, um, yeah, uh, so having said that about television, um, uh, when it comes to like quiz shows or game shows or something, I do tend to have those on quite mm. frequently. N- normally because we'll, we'll be probably having our dinner around the time that they're on. So, We'll sit down and put that on that's half an hour so it takes the time that we have to eat so that and university challenge and all these different mm. quiz shows and me being a, a, a clever dick i like to sit there mm-hmm. and uh, and shout out the answers and then somewhat berate the people who who are on there who get them wrong <laughs> you uh, i think we all enjoy that to some extent <laughs> yep absolutely um, so so uh, i think it was partly inspired by uh, our friend uh, a friend from work uh, George, he he was on a, another quiz show called Tipping Point a few years back before we knew him, uh, and that experience, I suppose, that anecdote, uh, so to speak, I think kind of um, for my wife, kind of gave her the concept of well, you know, it's not something impossible to do. You know, you just apply and get on. So she. <laughs> behind my back signed me up to go on the chase applied for me Amazing. and uh yeah uh and then i got an email in, in my in my email box saying oh well, thank you for applying to be on the chase and i said i said what's this she's like well you got to put your money where your mouth is <laughs> i don't think she entirely expected me to uh to go through with it but uh-huh. uh, but i did um so i thought yeah why not you know so it's not it's no harm done kind of thing apart from if i went on there and i was so bad and then every child in in the school humiliated me <laughs> right um, other than that for the rest of my career yes. um so uh, but the chase is not uh, it's not a it's not a really difficult quiz mm. it's not like university it's just general general knowledge and uh, uh you know there's the odd thing that uh, can be throw you a little bit but you mm. can generally recover from it um so yeah, it was a bit of a long process because when she applied, that was just before the the whole pandemic and everything. And then I got a response back. They they called me and and gave me like a little quiz over the phone, and then said at some point we'll we'll be doing an audition in your sort of region. 
um, and we'll contact you. And then, of course, there was lockdown and everything, so everything just sort of got dragged out. But, yeah, no, eventually I had, a, like, a virtual audition, um, and they said, yeah, well done, you, you've been you've been put through. Um, and they don't put you through necessarily because you're a fantastic quizzer. <laughs> you know, they've got to think, I suppose, about the anecdote and about the uh, about your presence on camera or whatever. Um, and I suppose I think my... My story of the fact that I have a, a YouTube channel about Doctor Who they thought might make for some interesting banter mm. with uh, Bradley Walsh, who, of mm-hmm. course, has been the host for, for so many years. So, uh, yeah, in the end, I, I, uh, I didn't have to wait that, that long after that o- audition where they contacted me and said, can you come down? It was just before Christmas, and I was at Ealing Studios uh, where they filmed the original Star Wars. So I was quite excited, but I didn't get a chance to wander about the studio. <laughs> And it was a very surreal experience. Went down the night before. It was on a on a Thursday, I think. And we went down the night before, stayed over in a little hotel, and uh, and then it was really early in the morning uh, for me. Anyway, I hate mornings. I had to get up at about half five, six o'clock, and get across to the studios just around the corner. And um, and it was all a bit of a whirlwind, really. It was. Uh, uh, which, on reflection, I think was probably a good thing because I didn't really get chance to really wonder or, or get nervous of, mm. of the situation I was in you know so they were uh, um, it, it was somewhat um, awkward's not the right word but but slightly strange because of all the the COVID policies and restrictions yes. and everything and all the social distancing that was necessary it, I imagine it might have been a more um, a relaxed uh, affair had the restrictions not been in place um, uh, but they they took us through all the all the all the ins and outs of the game show and and what they what we should do as contestants and uh, how we should try and emote as much as possible so that, <laughs> so I think I took that quite literally because then when I watched the, the the episode back it kept cutting to me all the time doing these <laughs> absurd facial expressions um, brilliant and, hey, I paid uh, and yeah and then the we briefing. went out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then yeah we had to we had to take five changes of outfits which was a bit difficult for me because I don't I'm a little bit like you open up my wardrobe and it's just all the same black shirt um but uh, yeah I'd bought, buy a few shirts um but part <laughs> of that is so you don't you don't clash with any of the other contestants and mm-hmm. uh, you don't have any patterns that will strobe and all that kind of thing uh, on the cameras so uh yeah and then and then uh oh, we didn't have any makeup or anything because of covid um mm-hmm. uh and then we would wired up with the mic we had to wire ourselves up with the microphones and then mm-hmm. we were ushered onto the onto the set which was just a bizarre experience and yeah. um uh we didn't really get uh, lots of opportunities to sort of have big chat it, it was really, apparently they do three episodes a day mm-hmm. Um, and they film for weeks and weeks, so they must do a couple of years' worth of, of episodes in, in, in a space of a couple of months. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously there were, there were breaks, there were spots where we had to get to a new position and they set us up and all that kind of thing. And funnily enough, it was actually a lot more... I don't know about, about other shows, but uh, it was a lot more relaxed than I think it appears on the television because it doesn't have any of the music mm. or any of the ticking or, or anything like that. So you just sort of, as long as you can kind of divorce yourself a little bit from the situation that you're in a studio with cameras on you and you just relax, um, it wasn't a harrowing experience uh, at all, really. Uh, it, it was a little bit towards the end. I mean, I didn't go in expecting... Um, I'm not. I'm not a gambler. I don't play the lottery or anything like that because of the infinitesimal odds of ever winning anything. So I don't really ever expect, um, you know, uh, things like that. So uh, towards the the end, um, I, I don't know if uh, you've seen or your, your listeners have, have seen the chase at all. Mm. But uh, the principle is is that there's four contestants, and then you uh, you have a cash build around where you answer questions. Uh, you have a I think it's a minute to answer questions in and the number you get right uh, multiplies your potential winnings to by a thousand a question so I got um, what did I get seven questions right and then the next stage is they have a chaser who is a, a, a you know a renowned uh, quizzer um, they have a different revolving group of them and you don't know who you're going to get and um, I got the one guy that I didn't want to have because <laughs> I found him quite intimidating. Of course. Um, but uh, but I think that's probably why I got him because I said that on my application. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, so he and 
yeah, he came out, and uh, and then the idea is, is uh, you are asked questions which are multiple choice, um, and you have to get a certain amount right. And if you get one uh, wrong, but the chaser gets that same question right, he takes a step towards you on a kind of virtual board. And the idea is, is that if you, you know, get several wrong, he's going to catch up with you, and then you're out of the game. Um, now, when you go out, you get a you get an offer. You get a, a lower offer than what you won, or you get the the money that you won, or you get a, a, a much greater, higher offer. And there's a, a commence, uh, either you're you're closer to him if you take the higher offer, you're further away if you take the lower offer, kind of thing. So, um, so I settled on. I should have gone for the higher offer, but I was slightly, uh, perturbed by. Because uh, I was sort of, when I was on it, I was kind of doing what you do at home, which is, you know, you, you listen to the other questions and you keep your mind going. And, and I was sort of answering in my head. Um, I was the third contestant in our team to go forward. So I had a little bit of a, a build up to it kind of thing, which actually was beneficial because I wasn't on the spot. I didn't feel on the spot. And so then uh, uh, the, the the first guy who went out, I in my head, I got all his answers correct. <laughs> uh, but then the lady who went the second time, uh, I would have been stumped. I would have got knocked out. So I, I kind of got cold feet when I went up and said, no, I'll, I'll take the middle offer because I wasn't entirely confident because I do have sport is my Achilles heel mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got back. Three of us got back and then all our money gets put into a pot and then if we win, we'll, it'll get divided between us and then we have two minutes to answer as many questions as we can as a team. Um, and we get a three because there was three of us we got a three point head start and then the chaser comes out and he has the same amount of time to answer at the same number of questions what and was if he your, gets one uh, wrong what was your pot or whatever the term would be uh, it came to well I I and the other guy got uh, seven each and then the lady who went second got six so it came to 20 overall okay uh, 20,000 pounds that is sorry um, and uh so uh so that would be i don't know probably about thirty five forty thousand dollars I think something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the exchange rates <laughs> um, and uh uh yeah so so we did it, and um you know uh, we got twenty questions, so we had twenty steps that he had to then catch, mm-hmm. which is that's kind of like the zone that you want to be in, uh mm-hmm. having watched the show a lot you know, you, you want to get higher that you want to if if he gets one wrong, we then get the opportunity to answer his question and we can push him back one so um we got that opportunity five times, and every time we got the question wrong oh. and it was so frustrating. Um, because you know you watch it back and you go, well, of course that's the answer. <laughs> Even though I was somewhat, somewhat unfazed, somewhat. When you're in that situation, you're not at home. You're not on the sofa relaxing. You yeah. know, so you just, you know. But uh, the one that really stumped us actually and was quite uh, annoying was the fact that w- it was the the nineteenth question, and he needed one question to do it, and okay. he got it wrong. And the question was which which uh, ball in a sport I can't remember the exact wording but which ball in a sport has uh, five rows of laces and uh, I couldn't for life of me think what that was and I thought well, as I say sports is my Achilles heel and I oh, thought well America. five rows of laces and the only thing I could remember was um, <laughs> Ace Ventura pet detective and the fact that in that there's a character who the ball has laces in it and it says about laces being out or laces in there's laces in the thing and I thought um, well maybe it's rugby because I also had in my mind I'm sure rugby ball has laces in it Uh, and they don't anymore but they did they used to I looked it up afterwards just to prove I'm not insane (laughs) I looked it up and they did used to have rows of five rows or six rows of laces in them um Oh, but the wording was, sorry, it wasn't laces that he said, it was stitches, five rows oh. of stitches. Oh. And I was thinking five rows. And uh, the other guy on the team said, well, I think it's a cricket ball. Um, and I thought, but with a cricket ball, I thought, well, you've got two kind of like C's that are put together, two letter mm. C shapes, and then they're stitched all around. I thought, well, where's the five rows coming from? So, unfortunately, uh, they had nominated me as the spokesperson to make the decision. And she had changed, the, the woman on the team had changed her mind to, because uh, she'd started with cricket ball as well. I didn't hear her. Um, but she said, oh, I think rugby. Uh, and he said cricket ball. And I'd thought rugby to begin with. So I said, oh, 
rugby and it was was cricket ball Um, and I was so annoyed with myself because I then noticed that you know he only had one question and he could get obviously Bradley Walsh has to ask the question he has to answer in the time that he had left but what I hadn't noticed until this moment was um, the time he had left to do it in and he had two seconds left on the clock read really slowly Bradley so so yeah so so Bradley Walsh said, I think it was um, which which religion has a as a temple that's called a ziggurat in it, and uh, uh, the chaser sort of sat back and kind of groaned because he thought oh, I've run out of time. He went oh like that, and then he went Islam, and the problem was now you won't see this if you ever catch the episode. I know it's difficult to see overseas, but you won't see this because it was edited. But in that moment, see the rules state that if you start to answer a question and the buzzer goes for time out, if you'd started before the buzzer rang and you get it right, technically you, you get it. And his was the correct answer. So then everything stopped. And um, it's a bit of a surreal experience because you can't, we as the contestants can't hear oh, the, the director. They're all up in a gallery yeah. and Bradley Walsh has got an earpiece in so he's talking back and forth to them. And he turned around and go, right now, we need to check whether he started to say the word before or after. Because it groaned. They had to then work out. I was saying it was part of his answer or not. (laughs) And uh, exactly, exactly. So they then, literally, fifteen minutes, we we stood around on the set while they went through frame by frame to work out whether he'd start to say it. And then they said, "We're not going to tell you when we know. Okay, we're just going to pick up from where we left off, and you've either won or you haven't. So your reaction will be genuine." So so they so we were standing around and all of a sudden they went right and it all got into positions again. Now during this like fifteen there. minutes the guy's like cricket ball yeah. sounding really good now, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, I, I was quite um I was so because I thought if we lost it I'm gonna be not only are they gonna hate me, but I know everyone who's watched because the chase is, is a really popular show in the UK. It gets uh for for the time slot of the day, it's on at weekdays, sort of five o'clock, six o'clock time. It, it gets like the largest audience of any mm. program, and this only really sunk into me after I'd been on it. That <laughs> millions of people are going to be watching me and and analysing me and mocking me. Um, and so uh, yeah, so they they set up, they reset, and they said, right, let's go. And then all the the lights changed, and they went, yeah, you've won. <sighs> and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god, and I still couldn't quite believe it later. And I just thought it was so close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, so we yeah we got we got a third of. Uh, Twenty thousand pounds, which is uh, well, they rounded it up to six thousand six hundred and sixty-seven pounds each. Nice. Oh. And I plan our plan for the vast majority of it is to go to Lapland to see the Northern Lights, which is a bit of a cliche, but it's uh, it's what my wife's been wanting to do for years in a little log cabin. And she put um, her name, and she's and, the one who signed you she's up. She's the so, one who yeah. put me up, so yeah, she gets the she gets that. Oh, that'll be nice. <laughs> Excellent. So, what was Bradley Walsh like? Did you get to have your banter? Yeah, yeah, it was lovely. I mean, um, they 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 shoot more obviously than they put in the show. They cut bits out and stuff. And there's a little bit like all game shows. There's a little bit of a chat where you say who you are and what you do and all that kind of thing. Um, so he, you know, he asked me about uh, my job, but then he also said, uh, I said my other thing because they kind of um, it's not scripted as such, but you you've gone through a process where they'll say this is the kind of this is what you you need to talk about kind of thing from what you've told them you you have to fill in a big bio of who you mm. are and what you do and everything and of course they latched on to the fact that i have this youtube channel um so uh so yeah so i i got onto that bit and said i have this channel about doctor who um and it was quite funny because um he said, I don't, he says, I don't know, I don't get it, I don't... <laughs> he says, I'm in it and I don't understand it. And then the chaser, Mark Labette, the chaser, came out and when he, he said, look, I know about Doctor Who, you know a lot about Doctor Who, the only one who doesn't here is, is Bradley Watson, who's been in it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. And, and he, he, I mean, he's a pro and he's been doing entertainment, not only acting, but, but you know, hosting and television mm-hmm personality for years so he he just wanders about like he owns the place which i suppose he kind of does i mean he's one of the producers i believe on the show but not in a kind of um proprietorial i'm the boss where's my where's my coke kind of way it'll be more like um he's just just so relaxed and he knows he's the star and he just he put he he really made us feel at ease he didn't make us feel uncomfortable at all he'd have a chat with you and it's very weird because he there isn't a sense of 
you know, having done some amateur dramatics in my time, you know, the <laughs> idea is you go on stage and you're that character and everything is about the performance. Whereas he, uh, I mean, he's not really playing a character, obviously, mm. when he's hosting a programme. But at the same time, there's there wasn't that sense of he came out and he got into the zone and he was like, you know, don't look me in the eyes, I'm, I'm performing now. He just talked and he knew, because he's been doing it so yeah, that long, that they'll cut bits out that, you know, aren't relevant or, or whatever. He, 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 he said a few off-colour things as well, which I thought <laughs> this isn't making it in. Um, ma- mainly down to... Um, mainly to do with the fact that he was laughing at how how thick, in his words, he thought he was at not being getting a, an answer correct. It was something to do with... Um, anthropology or something he was thinking about insects or something like that so uh, yeah <laughs> but uh you know he's it, just so just so relaxed and it was and we were done by lunchtime i was at half 12 i was back in my car wow. um trying to kind of process the whole thing really um but it was a fantastic experience and it was interesting as well to see uh you know a studio set up and a film company and all that kind of thing especially under the situations that we've been you know um we had a sort of a brief window there where lockdown had been uh, lifted but then it was going to it came back literally i think a couple of days after i was on it um so uh but uh, uh yeah it was it was interesting to get a bit of a perspective about how people are working because as uh, as trivial as it might seem i think um you know it certainly uh we need those television programs and those things that make us feel relaxed and and uh, and somewhat calm um so uh you know it's like there was some criticism from some quarters as always towards doctor who when it was refilming had begin f- begun filming uh, obviously with covid restrictions and everything in place and i'm thinking well what, what do you want to just watch reruns of dad's army for the rest of the time <laughs> I'm sure these people actually work uh, i mean from one point of view the fact is is that having briefly uh, worked in that industry i know how uh kind of tooth and nail how difficult it is to actually earn money and and, and pay mm. the bills um because everything is generally kind of freelance now anyway um it's not like like back in the 70s when you worked for the bbc made doctor who and you were just put where you weren't you just put on any program it might be doctor <laughs> who, it might be anything and you had a salary nowadays you know it's difficult but then even beyond that i think that uh, it's kind of admirable that these people are working in those conditions uh, to provide a, a you know a, a service just like like many other industries and things like that have over this whole period. Well, how was the uh, reception, or did you get any uh, curious uh, reactions? Well, then there was the very, very long wait began after that because I was not allowed to tell anyone. Obviously, I told my wife and my my immediate family, but... um, (laughs) I wasn't allowed. They knew, and everyone knew I'd been on the chase, or, or, or you know, my employers and, and colleagues and stuff had known. Um, and then I just had to wait and wait and wait. And they said, you know, it might not be for months. We'll, we'll contact you two weeks before it's due to be aired. Um, they said though that they expected it to be a bit sooner because, obviously, for this show that they, they this series they filmed, they had um, glass screens dividing us and things like that and they said we'll probably want to transmit those ones earlier yeah, the COVID rather than period. later in the yeah. year yeah exactly so um so i was kind of expecting it and um yeah they 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 kind of i, I don't know if this is true or official in any way but they don't give you the money for ages and ages and ages and i think it's part of the reason is though if you don't if you tell anyone ah, so, yeah, or so contractual contract yes, you see yeah um so yeah, there was a, there was a, a long delay in, in getting the money, which I didn't expect, um, and spent a little bit of money, and then I was like, oh no, where's the money? <laughs> uh, but then yeah, eventually I got the the notice through, and I said, um, everyone had been asking me constantly at work, uh, you know, when when are you on? When's on the chase on? And I said, I'll tell you when I know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when the chase and, uh, is on. <laughs> and then uh, eventually they they said, right, it's coming up. I think it was March, mid March. Um, and I said, I went and told my, my boss, and she was like, oh, this is great, this is great for the school, you know. <laughs> so I was on the school the school social media Facebook page. Oh, goodness, <laughs> wonderful. I, I know you love attention, uh, Yeah, Richard. all the kids were talking about it, and uh, I thought, and they kept asking me, you know, because they knew it was coming up, did you win? And I said, well, you'll have to tune in and find out. 
um, because I couldn't even up to the last one. I can't tell anyone. You're like, I'm, yeah, I'm still working here. These days. So obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, that was the conclusion that some of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so uh, then, um, yeah, then it went out and it, it was just a surreal experience, really. I got some really lovely comments from kids and, and, and things uh, that I'd done really well and, and parents. I did make one mistake, though, which uh, I got a taste of what it's like perhaps to be a minor celebrity was that I, I looked up The Chase on Twitter while it was on. So there's a, a community, shall we say, of people that like to watch and tweet along. Oh, yes. And uh, they don't pull any punches. Um, oh, so there were a lot of a lot of incredibly mean and upsetting things. Oh. But, you know, you take it with a pinch of salt. I was a bit annoyed at her at first. Um, uh, but um, I, I think it's because... I think it's partly because in that last bit, um, because they, a lot of people don't realise how it works. And, of course, they'd nominated me. The other two had nominated me as the spokesperson mm-hmm. for the team. So if the chaser got an answer wrong, it came to us. I was the one who had the final say, basically. And the cricket ball one, mm. all these sport fans were yelling cricket at the screen. But in the moment, I was thrown completely by these five rows yeah. business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we debated it for much longer than what was in the show. Obviously, they had to trim bits down. But we talked about it for a little while. Um, uh, and the the woman in the middle, as I say, came around. And she said, "Actually, I think we should go for rugby ball." But they cut that bit out. So what it looked like was oh, that they just... both turned around and said cricket ball, and then I went rugby ball, ah. as if I was just ignoring them. Ah. And so I, I suppose I must have come across as quite, uh, you know, self-important or something. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's all. It's all television. It's all nonsense, isn't it? Yes. And they do say, to be fair, the chase. They say, you know, stay off social media for a couple of weeks um, during the show. Don't tell me what uh, to do. Which is a bit difficult for for me because obviously with my channel and my yeah. Twitter and things like that, it's kind of noticeable. But you know, you mm-hmm. take all this with a pinch of salt. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I won. So absolutely, they can say <laughs> what they, they like. Yeah. Enjoy your Twitter stream, guys. I'll be counting my pound notes. <laughs> uh. Not pound notes. It's not a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad it sounds like because I was worried, you know, with COVID, like, oh, maybe it was kind of like you know, the experience is like, well, we couldn't do anything. But it sounded like it was more of an ex- it was the experience that you wanted, or at least you know, could have gotten. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think actually, if it, it had been more of a thing, if they'd been more wandering about, talking to people, and and more crew sort of visible and, and moving about, I think I might have the reality of the situation might have got to be a bit more, and I mm-hmm. might have been more nervous in my answers. So. Because we were almost, you know, you had a team of, like, chaperones. It was, like, three people. And then the studio was all dark. You know, it's a bit like being on stage at a theatre. You know, you can't actually see... You can see camera lights, but you can't see all these crew members in the thing. And that was the weird coincidence, actually, because when I finished and everything, and I'm kind of, you know, still bewildered at the fact that we'd won this money somehow, I stepped off the stage to go through to the green room. And out of the shadows emerges a guy that I went to university with because I studied film and media at uh, a university and he's ended, he's a I think he's a crane or a jib operator and he came out of the shadows and said, You're all right, how you doing? I hadn't seen him in twenty years, I think. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, almost. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's a small world and it's such a bizarre kind of thing. And then yeah, and then I just drove home. <laughs> it was all very surreal. I'm glad I did it. Mm-hmm. Not not just for the money, but I'm glad yeah. I had that yeah. experience. Yeah. It was good fun. Because now now uh, I did put my money where my mouth is, and now I can uh, have a go at the television and get yeah. <laughs> immunity from any criticism. Because Absolutely. now no one can say, "Well, if you can do it better, go and do it." Because yeah. I did. Oh. <laughs> also, interesting addition to your CV. Winner of it. Well, yes. <laughs> no one else yeah. has that on there. Well, I mean, yeah, no. very few. Um, well, congratulations but. again. Um, so speaking, a little lower stakes here, but speaking of maybe expectations <laughs> and whether they were met or not, um, you got to do a little bit of, you know, despite the, the, the lockdown, you got to do some traveling and some, I'm going to characterize it this way, some Doctor Who traveling. Um, <laughs> and uh, you went to a place, that we, bizarrely, we've actually been, that you had not been yet, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing. Yes. Um, but uh, you got to finally get, visit the Who shop in London. and uh, Yes, yes, well... Many, many moons ago, mm-hmm. several centuries ago, it feels like, before mm-hmm. all the, the recent events, my wife uh, bought me for, 
I can't even remember what it was for. Maybe it was just for love. But she bought me tickets, well, us tickets, to go to the Time Fracture Immersive Theatre Doctor Who production mm-hmm. that's on in London. And uh, and so as part of that, she said, well, what else would you like to do while we're there? Because we were going down staying the night. And I said, well, Philip and Jessica have mentioned the Who shop, and I've never been there, and we really should go there. Now I know why I've never been there, because it's out in yeah. like, Barking or somewhere. It's quite far out, isn't it? So yes. unless you actually Random. think to go there, yeah, you're yeah. not going to find it. But, yeah, no, I had we had a lovely little uh, time there. We went, went out. Lisa loved it. My wife, Lisa, uh, loved it, because they've got a little... Um, I think he's a little, uh, well, he's a little dog. I'm oh, trying yes. to think of what the breed is now. It's, it's not a pug, it's something similar, French bulldog, something like that. Mm. And he came out and, uh, yeah, she sat on the floor playing with him for about half an hour. <laughs> like, I'm going to be in the museum impressed. for like 40 minutes, uh, so... Uh... Yeah, yeah, well, unfortunately, that was the, that was the problem. The, the museum wasn't open, oh, so no. I'm going to go back when things oh. lifted a little bit. Um, I did look longingly at the TARDIS doors, yeah. you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go, there. go back. Uh, definitely, and uh, but yeah, no, I, I I spent a good amount of time looking around, thinking, what am I going to get? Because yeah. I, I wanted something, uh, a, a lot of books and DVDs and all that kind of thing. I've either got or you know, mm. it, it, I wanted something that I wouldn't be able to get necessarily anywhere else. So mm. I went and had to look in their little glass cabinet they have mm. um, by the doors, which have um, uh, actual props and things. And I thought, well, I can't go too crazy on this. Um, but they had three little uh, carved uh, maquette things of Yeti, sort of replicas of the um, the Yeti playing pieces that were from the Abominable Snowmen and uh, and the Web of Fear. And I thought I'll get one of those. So he's now proudly in my cabinet with my other figures downstairs. Very cool. Um, nice. But it, yeah. Oh, and I got a. We got a. <laughs> bizarrely, we got a, a little a Tardis uh, like a um, doormat thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we need a new doormat. We think, oh, that'll do. <laughs> Um, Fantastic. Little things like that. But we had a good chat with the with the people who work mm. there. Um, yeah, and it was nice talking about uh, things. Um, we were talking about the, the, the items and things that come up for auction and how Peter Jackson, we believe, had recently acquired one of the original Power of the Dalek sort of toy models that we use for the original conveyor belt scene that was recently reconstructed on a on dvd mm-hmm. um but the original because they were toy daleks that were produced and the production team got hold of them and kind of repainted them and used them and it went it sold for some absurd amount of money i think it was something like eighty thousand pounds or something uh, and it was on the phones and uh, there was a new zealand buyer so she oh. suspected it was peter jackson and i think she's probably right because i've seen <laughs> on dvds and stuff his uh, his warehouse of collectibles um, so yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. Well, now, how was the uh, the time fracture experience? Obviously, I mean, I, I don't know how long it'll be on. Probably, I don't know. Anyway, but it was kind of was it? Is it just in that one spot, or is it in, a, in one or two other it's locations? In a, it's in it's in a building. Um, I'm not sure what it used to be uh-huh. the building, but they've kind of converted it and changed it. It's all very bizarre because um, it's not like a theatre where you go and there's an auditorium and all that kind of thing. It is literally like a, the side of like an old... I don't know what the building was now. I'm sure... I knew, but they've got... You sort of go down and there's a, a street. Um, it's in central London, but it's a street and it, the walls of all the walls of the outside have all been painted black and they have the unit signs on. So I said to my wife, I think we're in the right place. <laughs> um, and you just sort of queue up there and they, they let you in in batches kind of thing. And uh-huh. then you go through and there's all these areas and zones and um it was a surreal experience i mean despite my you know documentaries and videos and going on the chase i i wouldn't describe myself as a very extrovert person Mm -hmm. i'm kind of slightly awkward uh in those events so you know and they say you know it's fine if you don't want to take part if you just want to observe and kind of thing you know it's it's all kind of very it's very kind of like not improvised but there's kind of a sense of uh I don't know what you call it. It's kind of a little bit like uh, uh, whose line is it anyway, in the sense that everyone's kind of almost kind of like improvising in the moment and incorporating things into scenes as a general sort of storyline. Um, and uh, there's lots of little Easter eggs should you look for them. Um, all the all the people, the the actors. Um, uh, all the unit people all have like Easter egg names. So like one of them was called Harry. Sullivan and mm-hmm. well, uh, they have like different names of characters. Um, they're not necessarily supposed to be those characters, right, right, right. but they've just got these names, you know. Um, 
and it's it's it was just it was kind of surreal and um but really really different and interesting and exciting um i don't think it's necessarily everyone's cup of tea because you're sort of wandering about and i think i think the thing with it is is there's so many um you, you get the sense or i got the sense afterwards although i really enjoyed it that i felt like i'd missed important things and that might just be the completest in me <laughs> like for example if i play like an rpg computer game i will play every single side mission and every place <laughs> until i've 100 percent completed it because if not i get like this itch that i need to scratch and i think with time fracture there's like something like 15 or 16 different routes through the story mm-hmm. and you go to like different environments dependent on the choices that you make so when you finish you think and you look through the uh you know the the show program and stuff and there's oh i didn't see that i didn't see that and i know of course the point is you're supposed to go back mm. but it's a bit more of a trip and an expense for us to go back yeah. um and do it again so uh, we we ended up they're sort of like the the beginning and the ending i think are the same for everyone but what happens in between is different so we ended up back in uh you step through this time fracture portal with your gang of people and you we ended up in elizabethan uh england with queen elizabeth and she's just been she says dumped by by the 10th doctor he's just run off to do day of the doctor essentially and she's very cross so then um yeah and then there was an ood wandering about and that was bizarre because uh, i mean i've obviously seen the costume and everything but the way they'd done it he had the ball that lit up and the voice was coming out and it didn't obviously have like an internal microphone or something because it wasn't all muffled like a bloke in a suit. It really was believable as as the one. And there was a obviously the Daleks show up at some at one mm. point, um, trundling about. And then um I think probably one of the most interesting parts, and certainly because uh, obviously there were a few children around, um, although we went to a sort of a later evening one, um, mm. so they're mainly just geeks. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there was a few kids, you know, in the costumes and scarves and all that mm. kind of thing, and there's one part where you, it's quite interesting because they integrate the interval as part of the show. Mm. So you go to this bar, and you're supposed to be on a spaceship that's travelling to Gallifrey, I think, mm. is where it's headed. And so the idea is while you're in transit, you're in this bar. And they had these two ladies. Uh, one was all blue, a bit like... Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, I know The big blue about. guy. The monk. Yeah. Or not the monk, The 11th but Doctor. I know you're talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, he becomes a, a headless monk. They yes. cut his head off, yes. don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they had a lady like dressed up like that, and then they had a lady dressed up as a Silurian, and okay. they were both on stage doing live singing, and it was amazing, like really good performance. And then you've got like random actors wandering about playing characters. They sit down at the table and have a chat with you about what's going to go next and, and what you think is going to happen. Then the Ood and a woman had a fight uh, in the middle of the bar, and they've all got like you know cocktails that are like. Uh, space age cocktails not this kind of thing mm. and then when we finally landed on Gallifrey we left and you go down this corridor and they did it very very well where you're being a company you're, you're normally chaperoned by some uh, an actor that's part of the play the performance and um, you go down this corridor and then um, it's the lights went out and then it started strobing and then there were people dressed as the angels and so every time the strobe flashed they were getting closer so it was really well done it's a complete spoilers i'm sure i'll probably get told off if someone but no no i think we're, we're just so, freaking out because we but, i can imagine uh, yeah. what that would be like yeah. You're like i know no, this is not real really, but really well done there was a little there was a there was this lad and he was absolutely petrified and so we got this kind of vicarious thrill of because uh, you know as an adult you go uh, someone in a costume isn't it but it was really well done because of the strobe lighting and when it went black and they came back it, it, you didn't get a sense of them physically moving you didn't see them move they mm-hmm. just appeared and got closer and you had to run down the corridor away from them and everything nice not blinking so uh, yeah I know unfortunately I, I read I think it was on Twitter the other day they had an unfortunate um, a pipe or something burst and flooded the whole oh, no. uh, performance area so they, they're, they're repairing it all and then they'll be putting the performances on again which i think is real bad luck along with everything else that's happened Mm. you know everything being delayed and everything but it it was really well done and it was uh, i think uh i think james goss had a a big input on the on the plot so it was very um it was accessible to people i think outside of doctor who to some extent you know that weren't big fans but also there was a lot of uh, there were a lot of rewards for for fans and, and people in and a lot of the set dressing for example as i say had lots of little little easter eggs and nods to things and there were a lot of props and and things i think a lot of fans um contributed perhaps a lot of 
um, items and things like that to it. So, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic experience, I think. Oh, sounds like a definite... Re- it reminds me a little bit of um, the Star Trek uh, experience that was in Las Vegas for mm-hmm. a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was living in California at the time, and so there, when it first started out, it was in um, the Las Vegas Hilton. But anyway, it was... I mean, I know... Yours sounds very immersive. Like, when you think Doctor Who, you don't necessarily think immersive because you're like, the TARDIS, and then then what? But, like, obviously they did a lot with you. Cause, but with Star Trek, like, you can be on the ship, and you're like, that's sort of the, you know, a Trekkie. You're just geeking out, walking the quarters of a ship. <laughs> and they cause they, they and they had sort of a cool effect when you sort of walk into the thing. You're like, you're in rows, like, you're queued up. And then, like, everything turns dark. And, I mean, of course, what's really happening is the lights go out. And then what you're seeing in front of lifts up. And then oh, you're yeah, in the yeah. transporter room when it lights up. So you're sitting on transporter pads <laughs> now. Clever, yeah. And so then you go to the yeah. corridor, you go to the bridge. I mean, And then eventually they added a second part, the Borg experience, which is more of a theater experience. But it's like a 40, if you've ever been to anything like that. So, like, yeah. you know, holographic things and, like, you know, the Borg nano, and you wear, like, 3D glasses or all that. But anyway, so, yeah, that, that was sort of what it compares to. But I'm glad there's mm. sort of a Doctor Who version of that. Yeah. Which is very and, cool. like, yeah. and, like, yeah. Punch no, Drunk, the, the theater group. Uh, Punch Drunk does yes, that sort of yeah, immersive. They do. They kind of really pioneered that. Didn't yes. They? Yeah. 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 Well, this company uh, they did a, they did one recently, which was the Great Gatsby. Um, okay. Which uh, was, I think, mainly just an excuse for everyone to get dressed up. I was and, gonna say, you don't and, and drink cocktails, I suppose. I'm not quite. Yeah. I'm not sure how that went. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was it was good. I think. Um, there was a sense, I suppose, that might appeal to a lot of people in the sense that you can, if you want, you just wander off and go somewhere. It's not like, a, it's not like, um, I suppose, like the Doctor Who experience and museum that used to be in Wales, I think, is more similar, perhaps, to the Star Trek one that you mentioned and the fact that there's kind of like a one-way direct through and they have performers and actors where this one kind of, you, you, you could... I mean, some people did, and maybe I'm just a stickler for rules or something. I'm one of these sheep that follows cues or something. But, you know, you could just wander off, and there were, like, hidden little things. And you get, like, this guy took me aside and gave me a mission, but unfortunately I didn't get a chance to to fulfil it because he got killed by an alien shortly afterwards. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) It must take an incredible amount of organisation. And I think... um, it, there's there's a kind of a there's a chaos to it. Uh, certainly, when it begins, you go into like this control room and they're all monitoring and there's other people and there's lots of shouting and noise and it was a little bit kind of disconcerting at first, but you kind of ease into it, you know, and and, and get used to it. And then uh, yeah, I'd I'd like to go again. I don't think we get the opportunity to, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be a good good experience to you know to go somewhere else because I know. I think the thing is, I opened up the program guide and I saw that they'd recreated what looked like Totter's Lane, the original uh-huh. junkyard, and I thought, I didn't get to see that. I want to go and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think also because the Doctor Who experience is gone now, um, that's kind of... Yeah, we went there uh, three three times or so oh, when, wow. like, when there would be new things there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we went once when it first opened, it was in London, and then they moved it permanently to, to Cardiff. Yeah. Uh, well... Not perfect, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, and we went a couple of times there then as well, you know, and saw like new things that had come in from the from the more recent series. Um, so I think this kind of fills that gap a little bit, but um, you know, it's obviously a little bit um, impermanent in that sense. But I suppose a lot of art is really, you know. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, we just wanted to catch up on your many doings because yeah. it's all very interesting about, you know, especially with not any new Who on. It's about your your uh, experiences uh, in and out of Who is certainly uh, makes it seem like there's still <laughs> Who to experience. So Absolutely. Uh, before we let you go, where can folks check out all your social media and all your upcoming projects and all your past ones as well? Well, the main one is uh, Clever Dick Films on YouTube. Um, that's my, my main channel. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to... I've been, unfortunately, been... Well, I've had other things. I've had other priorities recently with, with school and things. Mm. Um, so over this last, last few months since I posted the David Tennant video. But I have been slowly working on my uh, next companion episode voted for by patrons, which is on The Brigadier. Yes. Um, so I'm a bit of a sucker for punishment, I think. I, I missed him off on the first round. I put him in in the second, and then everyone voted for him. And I thought, oh, why did I do that? Because, <laughs> I, you know, it's such a, it, it in itself might actually balloon up to be an equivalent of one of the, uh, <laughs> the main Doctor eras, because I've got to cover 
you know, such a, a period of time, right up to Capaldi, arguably. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so that that's on that's on on its way, um, uh, and then then I'll be starting properly the the Matt Smith era, which I know is is uh, obviously aware of the expectations of that being the fiftieth anniversary as mm-hmm. well. And there's quite a lot that I'm going to have to cover um, with that, and also the the more recent it gets the harder sometimes it is for me to really um research and mm. and get the get the ins and outs i mean i don't really necessarily i don't tend to delve into gossip and hearsay and all that kind of thing anyway even on the things from 30 40 years ago but at the same time there's a lot of uh there's a lot of energy and a lot of effort that's been expended over the years on on detailing the most minute minutiae of the original series uh and uh, you know when you get from 2005 onwards it starts to become a lot more difficult to find information that isn't just the officially sanctioned yeah. Yeah. that's the PR yeah. stuff that was just part of PR yeah. and promotion um, but I, I have been slowly amassing a load of research materials for the Matt Smith era so I'm going to be delving into that and building on what I already know um, nice. yeah and obviously I'm on I'm on Twitter uh, and and Facebook as well as Clever Dick Films and also this summer I will be going to Wales um, so we thought we, we need a we need a break away but we don't want we Doctor Who filming Cornwall. locations tour absolutely well last year last year we went down to Cornwall to visit my, my parents-in-law and I thought while we were there I thought I wonder if there's any Doctor Who filmed in Cornwall because I knew that there'd been like classic Who I knew there'd been some uh, location filming around the place and I looked it up and, and found that we were literally just a few miles from where they'd filmed a lot of the smugglers and I thought well, this would be an interesting one because being a lost story as well that might be intriguing for people um, so it was actually my wife who said you know well, we'll go to Wales and then you can do some more location videos because um, mm-hmm. she'll accompany me out and uh, we'll take the dog for the walk and so yeah so we're I don't know where we are now I think we're about 20 miles or so uh, east of Cardiff so there's you know compared to Cornwall where there was just like one or two places there's mm-hmm. going to be like a hundred locations to choose from to go to so uh, <laughs> I don't quite know where we're going to go yet but um, this is quarry number you know. one yep I know <laughs> <laughs> this is quarry number two it looks similar, I mean, your, your wife is going to love the quarry <laughs> yeah uh-huh. <laughs> oh. What I thought on on that note, actually, I was quite pleased. Recently, I was watching uh, talking about TV shows. I was watching Loki recently, which I think is the most Doctor Who show that isn't Doctor Who ah, at the moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was an episode where they were so blatantly in a quarry, and I thought, yes, this is just like <laughs> Doctor Who. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, they even you could see that they'd even they thought we can't disguise this, so they'd clearly made efforts to actually make it a quarry. It was a quarry on yeah. an alien world. Mm-hmm. But clearly, it was just you know <laughs> in real life too. <laughs> Excellent. I thought this is in the grand tradition. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you, Richard, and we look forward to uh, everything that's coming next. Thank you very much. Have a good holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, enjoy the Doctor's many adventures throughout time and space. <laughs> This is BBC Television.